0: Let's get right into our word this morning. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. Uh, while you turn in there, a couple of announcements. First of all, let me say a big thank you to everyone who helped with our food distribution on Thursday. Uh, we, we, we were able to bless over 200 families and uh, continues to be a, a strong outreach of Bethel. Uh, also want to remind you that next Sunday, uh, right after this service, the 1045 service, we have our annual business celebration. We have lunch that will be catered for us. Um, and uh, if you have not picked up a financial statement, they are at the hub for you to pick up. Ladies, I want to let all of our ladies know. Where are your ladies at? Let me hear you. That wasn't a lady. No, <laughs> no I'm just mad. Uh, we want well, all of our ladies, they're having their table for eight. Uh, if you want to, we, we would love for you to come fellowship with the ladies of BT. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to learn. Some of the ladies in a smaller setting, basically uh, there's a sign-up sheet at the Hub and they have different restaurants, uh, they have a different leader, you can sign up as to which restaurant you would like to go and attend. Uh, it is coming up on February the 20th, which is uh, Monday week, and uh, I know you will have a great time uh, doing that. Um, let's go right ahead and, and get into our word this morning. Uh, we're, on a, we're in a series, way down. We're talking about things that we need to let go and let God. We need to let go of certain things. We need to lose the excess weight. And uh, today we're going to be looking at anger. How many mad about that yet? All right, just checking. (laughs) It came from within, okay? Genesis 4, verse number 6. Just one verse. It just kind of sets it up really well. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Look at your neighbor and say, why are you angry? Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? May the Lord add His blessing to His Word this morning. Somebody said, Preacher, you're now going from preaching to meddling. But listen, if we're going if, if to lose weight, okay, this is what this is. This is a, this is a spiritual weight loss journey. We, uh, we, we've been talking about over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the excess weight that slows us down remember the Christian life or the Christian journey has been likened to a race and all through scripture we are exhorted to run run to win run to finish and every one of us has a race and it's a unique race your Mark's race is different than mine and Tom's is different than mine and Tom's is different than Mark's and Mark and on down the line every one of us has a race that has been assigned by God and our job is to run that race And like Paul said to Timothy, he said, I have run my race. He was now ready. And and so for us to run, Hebrews says, we are to run with patience the race that is marked out for us. But then he, right before that, he says, let us throw off every weight and every sin. Now again, sin we understand. Sin makes us feel icky. It makes us feel bad. It brings conviction and we don't like that. But weights are not necessarily sinful. They're just things that slow us down. There are habits, and there's attitudes, and there are things that slow us down. And, and so we've been looking at the extra weight. We've looked at, first of all, unforgiveness. I said in the the, and, and that message that if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, it is eating you from the inside out. You've got to learn how to let people go, to, to forgive them, to release them of the penalty of their offense, because it eats away at you. Yeah. Now last, pardon me, last week, we looked at the futility of worry. How many worried about something this past week? It's okay. We, we, are, we are a worrying people. We worry. We worry about our worry because we worry that it's not right. Right? We just worry. Has anybody lost weight since we started this series? Again, these are spiritual weights that we have to lose in this, run, this race. Now, spiritual, uh, this morning we're going to look at the, 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 the weight of anger. Everybody say anger. There's just something about the word anger. You know, I mean, you just grrr. I mean, you're just there. (laughs) We're going to talk about angry, uh, anger. Have you ever, have you noticed we live in an angry world? We live in an angry world. Think about it. Think about this. I mean, and and it seems like in the last five years, we have become angrier than we've ever been before. Again, I don't don't know about you, but on, on the job, I don't know that you run, I mean, probably a lot of what you run into, and I'm calling you out again like I did last week. A lot of what you run into on the job is probably stemming from people's anger they're just angry we're angry about everything I mean listen I promise you that after tonight's big game there's gonna be listen there's gonna be a winner and there's gonna be a loser and I would assure you that there will be an incident somewhere in the losing side where somebody will be mad about it and they will respond with anger we live in an angry world you think about words that have entered our vocabulary over the last 10, 15 years. We have have words like road rage. We have words like air rage. We have terms like going postal. All of these things stem from anger. They flow out of an angry heart. Now think about this. When you were born, every one of us, when we were born, guess what? We came into the world kicking and screaming. Right?
1: Right?
0: And you know what? For many people, not much has ever changed. (laughs) For many people, not much has ever changed. They're still kicking and screaming today. I read a story about a man uh, in 1995, uh, the Arizona Republic carried a story about a guy by the name of Steve uh, Tran, Tran who lived in Westminster, California. Steve had a problem. His problem was bugs, roaches. He had roaches. He didn't like roaches and he had this problem, so uh, he tried everything. He called exterminators. He, 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 he did everything he knew to get rid of these nasty creatures. One day he heard uh, an advertisement about a product called a bug bomb. And he thought, there's the solution to my problem. And so Steve ordered a bug bomb. It said if you set it off in your house, after a few hours you'll have no more bugs. And so Steve was a desperate man. He was a frustrated man. He was a man that wanted to be sure that he got rid of all of the bugs. And so he bought not just one, not just two, not just ten. He bought 25 bug bombs. And he set them off in his house. Now what Steve didn't take into account was how flammable the bug poison was. Nor did he take into account the pilot light on his gas stove. So when he set those things off, it wasn't long till that thing went kaboom, blew his screen door down the block, blew every window out of his house, his apartment, and set every bit of his furniture on fire. When the fire department got there, the news people came out. Of course, they, they extinguished the fire. They come up to him, asking him what was going on caused over 10, $10 or $15,000 worth of damage to his apartment. And the cockroaches, he said they were back by next Sunday. You say, what does that have to do with getting angry? Well, my point is this. Some people have a knack for getting into explosive situations. Some people have a knack for getting into explosive situations, and we're not talking about uh, the bug bomb type. I'm talking about the temptation to give in to our rage there was a term that entered into the uh, the the professional magazines from psychiatrists a few years ago and it was an abbreviation of LFT LFT stands for low frustration tolerance low frustration tolerance in layman's terms it just simply means this we get mad way too easy we get angry way too easy listen anger is a real and present danger And it's not just an out there problem, it's an in here problem. It's an in here problem. It's not just people of the world that don't have a relationship with Christ that get angry. It's everybody. We get angry and we get angry a lot. We get mad. I mean, think about this. Churches split and close their doors because of anger. Marriages break and sever and divorce because of anger. Ministries are lost because of anger friendships are severed forever because of anger let me ask you this if I were to say the phrase don't make me angry you wouldn't like me if I'm angry would would you know what I'm talking about yeah I mean most most people if you're not you don't know what I'm talking about I'm talking about the Incredible Hulk the Incredible Hulk was was a man by the name of David Banner David Banner was a mild mannered scientist okay but he had an angry side and he used to say that, don't make me angry, you would like me. See, the reality is every one of us have two natures that are worn within us. We have one nature that is that is sweet and normal, but when our buttons are pushed, that angry beast that lurks within surfaces. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you're awful quiet in this church this morning. <laughs> See, we have that mild manner side to us that that, that, that we like to... To, to show, but when things don't go our way or our buttons are pushed, that inner beast comes raging out. Listen, when you stood at the altar and you said, I do, maybe you thought you were marrying David Banner, but after the honeymoon, the Hulk came out. <laughs> maybe you thought you were working for David Banner, but when you made a mistake on the job, the Hulk came out. Maybe you thought that friend of yours, that close friend, that BFF was, was a David Banner, but when you let them down and disappointed them, the hawk came out. Everybody sees you as a godly person, but if you don't get your way, the hawk comes out. Every week, angry people sit and stew in pews on the verge of eruption. And this anger can come, it can stem from a, 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 a fight at home. Isn't it amazing how we can get up every day, go to work, have a great civil morning during Monday through Saturday, but come Sunday, go-to-church meeting time. If there's going to be a fight, it's going to be Sunday morning. Isn't that the truth? I mean, isn't that your experience? I mean, it just seems like Sunday is when, man, the the talons come out and the fangs come out and and we get angry. You know, and, and the anger, again, either stems from a fight at home. Maybe it's because somebody, maybe it's somebody in the church that's offended you. Or maybe, God forbid, you're mad at the preacher. What did I do? Whatever the reason, listen to me. God wants us as believers to rise above the temper tantrums and get rid of that sinful rage. Listen, we're never going to win the world to Christ by being angry. You hear that? We're never going to reach lost people by being angry. If we're full of rage, listen, we'll never win the world to Jesus if we're angry, if we're full of rage, if it looks like we've been chewing on nails. I think as believers, our disposition ought to be sweeter than that of a junkyard dog. Amen? Amen? In our text, we find the story of Cain and Abel. Here's something for you. Cain has gone down in history as the very first person that we know of to get angry. He got angry. And here's an interesting tidbit about that story is that he's angry in a worship service. The very first man to to be recorded in Scripture as being angry is in a church service, and he gets mad. I don't have time to develop that, but that'd be a good sermon right there. Think about it. Abel comes, and Cain, they come to their worship experience. The Bible says that Abel... Offered his gift, his offering to the Lord in faith. Cain did not. A lot of times we get look at that and say, "Well, it's because Cain offered the the lamb and 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 uh, excuse me, Cain offered the lamb and Abel." Uh, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Abel offered the lamb and Cain offered the vegetables, the fruit. Listen, there's fruit offerings in the Old Testament. So it wasn't that. It was the fact that Cain did not offer Abel came and presented in faith Cain did not Abel came to God in faith and gave him his very best Cain it looks like tried to see what he could get away with the bare minimum isn't that how we as human beings do we want to find out what is the minimal commitment that I can make What is the minimum that I have to do? What is the minimum that I have to give? What is the minimum I have to, how I have to conduct myself so I can still call myself a believer? That's the problem. I told you this years ago, I had a friend, it's been many years ago, used to have a radio call-in show, and he said, Mike, I tell you that 90% of all questions that came in on his radio show was this, what is wrong with, and then fill in the blank. He said the tendency is we want to see how close to the world we can get and still call ourselves a believer. We want to see, again, we want to dangle one foot in the world and one foot in the church and still call ourselves good. When the Bible says we're to come out from among the world, we're to be separate and touch not the unclean thing. There has to be a clear demarcation line between the old man and the new man. And that's, again, Cain comes and he offers not in faith. He offers, what is the minimum that I can do and get by with and God accept? Well, here's the problem. When Abel came in faith and offered his offering, God accepted it. But Cain, God rejected it. And what happened to Cain? The Bible says he burned with rage at his brother. So what does God do? Well, in our text, he comes to Cain and says, hey, Cain, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? Why are you angry? Now, you've got to understand, this is not a question, okay, that God didn't know the answer to. He he wasn't asking for knowledge. He was asking for revelation. Follow me. He's asking Cain because he wants Cain to understand. He's, He's trying to get Cain to do some introspective thinking as to why are you mad? What was it about Abel's offering that made you so mad? He's trying to get him to think. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said that with every temptation, God will what? Always make a way of escape. Some of you remember me. I used to say this all the time. I hadn't said it in a long time. But I used to have this saying around the church many years ago that you can't kill a cockroach in a corner with a round toed boot. (laughs) Picture that for a minute. You can't kill a cockroach in a corner with a round-toed shoe. There's always a way out, and that's what Paul's writing to the uh, the Corinthian believers is like. Look, whenever temptation, whenever you're tempted to be angry, God will always give you an avenue to get out of it. Whatever temptation comes your way, so so. Cain, when God asked Cain Cain this question, it wasn't because God didn't know why he was angry. It was so that God was showing him, hey, here's the way out. Here's your avenue to get out of this. You're you're headed down a pathway, buddy, that you don't want to go. And here it is. Well, guess what? Cain refused to listen. And he went down in history as the very first murderer as well as an example for all of humanity of the dangers of anger. In fact, John writes in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Do not be like Cain. Think about it. I think most of us here want to live our lives as an example for other people. You know, we want to be an example. We want to be able to live our life in such a way that people say, Hey, look at, look at Johnny, look at Susie, look at whomever as an example, a good example, by the way. <laughs> but he said, Hey... Don't be like Cain. Why? Who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did, he, why did he murder his brothers, what John asked? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be like him. See, the fact is, everybody gets angry. We all get angry at, at, at various times. The difference is how we deal with our anger, it's how we deal with it. Some people blow up, some people clam up, some people express it, some people repress it. None of those are healthy. Uh, ways of dealing with anger in fact proverbs 25 28 says if you cannot control your anger you are helpless as a city without walls open to attack picture that for a minute if you're constantly flying off the handle if you're constantly getting angry the bible says you are like you are opening the door inviting more tax into your into your life it's an invitation when you carry that anger around and you exercise that anger and it's an open door that says, hey, come on, hit me again, poof, poof, hit me again. That's what you're doing. It would be easy to say something like this, well, you know, that's just the way I am. You know what, friend? God came to change the way you am. In Ephesians four twenty six, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says this, Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So how do we lose this weight? How do we get rid of this excess weight of anger? Let me give you a couple of things real quick. Number one, learn to control your anger. Notice what Paul said, be angry and sin not. What does it tell me? Well, it tells me that it is possible to control my anger. It's, a, it's possible to control that beast that's within each of us. Remember, anger is a God-given emotion. It's a God-given emotion, and in in and of itself, it is not sinful. There's a difference between sinful anger and righteous indignation. There's a difference. So what determines whether it's sinful or not? Well, why are you angry, and what do you do with those feelings? I love what Aristotle said. He said, anyone can become angry. But to become angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose and in the right way, well, that's not so easy. And I think we could all echo that. See, anger is not a cause, it's an effect. Think about it. It's not a cause, it's an effect. When we become angry, we have to ask ourselves, why am I angry? What about this situation made me so mad? What brought frustration to me? Would, and then also ask, would getting angry change the situation? Would it make a difference? And if you can't change the situation, listen, why get mad? Either fix it or forget it. See, that's learning how to control your anger. Will Rogers said, whenever you fly off into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. I think he's right. You see, I think where we are today in our culture, society has lost its sense of what really is a crisis. Think about it. We don't know. God created in us this fight or flight, this fight or flight. Um, mindset that that helps protect us in dangerous times. But we don't know in our world today what is a crisis anymore. I mean, think about it. Getting cut off in traffic, is that really a crisis? By the way, I don't like that. I still still have to pray through. (laughs) I don't don't understand how some people get a driver's license, but that's a different story. (laughs) But I mean, think about it. How about, how about this one? Getting caught in traffic, kids not cleaning their plates, husbands not taking out the trash, wives not having dinner on the table when you get home, missing your favorite TV program. I mean, these aren't reasons for nuclear explosions. I, li- I read a, a deal the other day. It was actually I listened to it. It was one of those call-in things on TV where they, you know, one of the news channels has one of those call-in things. And, and, you know, we had some bad weather not long ago. Well, there was this lady that called in, left a message, and was chewing them out because they interrupted her favorite TV show. Now, mind you, there might be tornadoes coming down the alley, going to sweep that home right out to pasture, and she's worried about who shot Jr. I know, that's old. (laughs) Is Is it really worth it to get angry like that? See, anger is a choice. It really is. We, again, it's not a cause, it is an effect. We choose to get angry. My preacher, you just don't understand. When I get angry, I can't control it. I, I just explode, and, and then it's over with. Well, you know what? So does a shotgun. But you can't done, undo the damage that has been done. It's not, you can control that anger. How many of you... How many of you can remember a phone conversation, a heated argument that you're having either with your husband, your wife, maybe your children? You know, it's at the decibel level of a rock concert, and you're going at it toe to toe. You might be throwing frying pans and whatever, and all of a sudden the phone rings, you go, hello. <laughs> uh huh, you're laughing because you know it's true. Don't tell me you can't control it. We've got to learn how to control our anger. I mean, in here, men men typically blow up. Men (coughs) tend to have that explosive anger. They blow their stack. Women, listen, ladies, you typically clam up. Now, not all women, but most women clam up. Do You know what they call that? Passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive. What does it mean? It means you become more stubborn, more obstinate, all the while with a big smile on your Christian little face. For example, here's how it plays out. You and your husband get into an argument on Saturday night. You wake up Sunday morning and you're not done. Okay? Men tend to go to sleep and we forget about it. Ladies, anyway, so so you're not done. So, (laughs) So you wake up. You're still angry with your husband. So what do you do? You slow things down. You start taking your own sweet time getting ready for church you're just moving at a snail's pace and you let the goon sit in the car while you're in there taking your sweet little time and and you know he's compulsive about being on time and yet you're slow and you're dragging it out and you take your time and you you purposely antagonizing him you know what you're doing and 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 so you you got all that going on the goon sitting out in the car And you finally get out there, and he's seething right now because he's running late, and he doesn't like to be late. And you sit in the car, and you look at him. Why are you so mad? How can you be mad on a Sunday morning when we're going to church like we are today with your big old Christian smile on your face? You know what you're doing. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. As Bob Newhart says, stop it. That's passive-aggressive. Listen, learn how to control that. Learn how to control your anger. Number two, got to hurry. Count the cost. Let me give you some scriptures that help you understand the ramifications of constantly being angry. Proverbs 29, says, a hot-tempered man commits many sins. I didn't say that. He did. A hot-tempered man commits many sins. Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. When you get angry, you're poking other bears. Proverbs 14, 29, a, quick, a quick-tempered man displays folly. Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. A wise man learns how to put reins on those emotions. Again, it's a God-given healthy emotion if used in the right way. Listen, there are some things that we are to be righteously indignant about that's happening in our society today. Again, like I said, there will be some bonehead that will, that will get in a fight or worse tonight because his team lo- it lost the Super Bowl when there are kids that are going to bed tonight in America that don't have food in their bellies. There will be some bonehead that will get into a fight tonight or worse because his team loses while there are people that will sleep on our streets people that will, be, that will overdose on drugs, kids that will be abused. You see what I'm saying? Anger exacts a high price. Cain was angry at God because he accepted Abel's sacrifice, refused his sacrifice, and in that anger, he killed his brother, murdered his brother. Notice what God said earlier. If you read that whole story, God said to Cain, Cain, sin is at your door. You have to do something about it. Cain sins at your door. You have to master it. You've got to take care of it. Listen, we can come in here all day long and sing kumbaya and all of these things and fold our legs and, you know, mm, do whatever. We have to take the bull by the horns. I have to do something about my anger. He said, Cain sins there. You better master it. See, God knows the high price that sin... That anger will exact from us. And so he puts all these warnings. Listen, when I lose my temper, I'm a loser. When I blow my stack, I'm the loser. How many, I mean, think about this how many futures are stolen from our children because of angry parents? Anger has never strengthened the marriage. Anger has never repaired a broken relationship. Anger has never inspired people to dream big dreams about what God has put them on earth for. Anger does not do that. Anger damages relationships. And if if you're angry, you could lose your family, you could lose your job, you could lose your health, and if you take it to the extreme, you could lose your freedom. Anger doesn't bring anything productive or healthy. When we count the cost of anger, why am I angry? Why am I angry? Okay? And and, and if I express that anger, what's going to happen? And thirdly, will the expression of my anger resolve the issue? If it doesn't resolve the issue, quit being angry about it. The last thing is this guys, come on back. The last thing is this retrain your mind. Romans 12 says, Do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, okay? Don't let the world press you, squeeze you. We, again, we live in an angry world. We're angry about everything. We're angry about our politics. We're angry about our health care. We're angry about our school systems. We're angry about this. We're angry about that. He said, don't let the world push you and squeeze you into that mold of being angry all the time. Instead, be conformed by the renewing of our minds. Listen, we can promise that we'll never lose our temper until we're blue in the face, but that alone will make absolutely no difference. How many people have said before, I'll never do that again, and you went ahead and did it anyway? We can make a New Year's resolution every year for the next rest of our lives that we'll never get angry, but how many of us know that that doesn't help? I've said it before, but the way that we act is determined by the way that we feel, and the way that we feel is determined by the way we think. That's why Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, he's summing it up right here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what would he say? Think on these things. You know what he's telling us to do? Get rid of the stinking thinking. That's it. Refrain, re, retrain the way you think. Listen, things are not always, how many understand this? Things are not always going to be the way you want it to be. That's at home, that's at the church, that's on your job, that's in, just in the public arena. Things are not always going to be the way you want it to be. Don't jeopardize your well-being by getting angry all the time, by throwing temper tantrums. How do you know if you have an anger problem? Well, here's some signs. You get frustrated real easy. You're quick to point out what's wrong in other people. <laughs> you give people the silent treatment or you ignore them. You have a sour disposition. Oh Lord, <laughs> that means you look like you go around like you've been baptized in pickle juice. You have little patience with people. You pu- your pulse constantly races. You know the thing with flight or fight is it is, it is that that thing that god has created in us in danger we our, our our blood pressure shoots up our heart races we get that adrenaline shot it's, it's that design to either throw down or to get out okay you're never meant to live in a fight or flight mindset all day long you go to the doctor and they say hey what's your resting heart rate <laughs> well, i don't really know because i i'm angry all the time that's a good sign Your pulse constantly races. You fly off at the least provocation. You constantly argue and fuss about everything. Listen, as I close this morning, Jesus wants to help us eliminate that raging beast within each of us. He does. Again, this is a weight that will hold you back from being everything God has designed you to be. I'm I'm telling you from experience. My wife's sitting over here today. She could verify. I was an an angry, I was an angry person. When When we first got married 30 how many years ago? Long time, huh? 36 years ago. Has it been that long? 36 years. Wow. 36 years. Whew. I had an anger problem. See, I grew up in a home. You know my story. I grew up in a home where anger was the emotion that was expressed mostly. I had an angry mom that translated into a son that became very, very angry. I'd just soon fight. My nose has been broke four times, been stabbed in the arm, hit in the head with a pipe. I just, that's who I was. And when I got married, I still had that raging beast on the inside. I don't, I don't have time to tell you a story, but, and, and she don't either. <laughs> 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 but she could tell you stories of when we first got married, what type of anger I carried with me. I was an angry, I was an angry dude. I mean, I blow up at the least provocation. One time we were, remember this, we were riding in Germany. I had a, uh, we were coming out of our local exchange there in in Bad Coitznacht where we were stationed. And as I was driving out of the parking lot, there was two guys, two soldiers that walked in front of my car. Remember that story? Remember that? So These two guys walk in front of the car and they're taking their own sweet time. I'm impatient, or was. And those guys are just kind of meandering, lolly, I call it lollygagging. You know, just kind of walking around. They look back. They know I'm there. They know I'm trying to get out. And they're taking their time. And I finally had it, all I could take. And I threw that car and parked. And I jumped out of that car. And I'm ready to go lay down on them. And she's over there. Mike, get back in this car. Get back in this car. Get back in this car. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> I heard God say this, you have not because you ask not. And I said, okay, God, I don't want to be angry. I, I don't want to carry that forward. I need you to do something. I started praying Psalm 51, "Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Take out my stony heart. You know, it would have been easy to make excuses for all of it and say, well, I grew up with anger, that's all I knew. It would have been easy to use that as a cop-out, but I wanted to be a new man. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is what? He's a new creation. And I said, God, you've got to do something. We hadn't even been married one, one month. Remember that, the phone call? We hadn't even been married one month. I'm deployed. I got sent to the Air Force Special Operations Center there in Herbert Field. I was going through a counterinsurgency school. And I get sent down there. And back then, we didn't have cell phones. I know some of the younger generation are like, what, no cell phones? We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have internet. We had pay phones. (laughs) And so I told her, I said, okay, here's, here's our talking schedule. I'm going to call you on this night at this time. And because I, you know, again, we don't have cell phones and she worked. So that night came and I, and I'm being honest and transparent with you. That night came, I call her, no answer. I thought, okay, maybe she didn't understand what I said. (laughs) (laughs) So I wait a little bit and I call her back. No answer. (laughs) she remembers (laughs) i do that about so 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 i put it off but here's what i'm doing i'm getting i'm fuming i haven't even been married a month and my woman can't even be there for me to call her we supposed to have a phone call at 7 o'clock. At 10 o'clock that night, I get a hold of her. So you can imagine, guys, if, you, if you're prone to blowing your stack, you can imagine when she answered that phone, it wasn't, hey, honey, how you doing? I love it. It was, man, I just went total nuclear. She told me later, she said, I stopped for a minute and thought, man, what did I do? Did I marry this wrong, <laughs> this wrong guy? I heard God say, you have not because you ask not. I said, God, I'm asking you now, take that angry heart, take that anger, take that hurt, whatever the cause of it is, take it away. And you know what? He did. He did. It wasn't wasn't too many years into our marriage where God totally changed. She got a brand new husband. Because I asked. I ask. Anger will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. If you're prone to anger, frustration, things like that, blowing up, you need to do the same thing. You have not because you asked not. Start asking. Listen, husband, your wife does not deserve your rage. She's not your slave. She's not your servant. She doesn't deserve your rage. And wife, your husband, just put it this way. He doesn't deserve your anger. God brought you two together to be a Christian home where love, especially if you have children, those children want a safe haven where they can come home. They don't want to come home and hear mom and dad screaming at each other constantly. One last story. When my daughter, who was Rebecca up here on the drama, when my daughter was young, we were, before I came to pastor here at this church, we worked at a church in Duncanville. I was a health inspector And Irving, we worked at this small church there in Duncanville. And Sheila and I, we just bought a home. And uh, so we're having, it was a, I don't remember if it was Wednesday night. I think it was a Wednesday night. We're having this discussion. Uh, But it had a little higher decibel level to it than normal discussions. And she went to the bedroom. And when she went into the bedroom... I don't know if she did it intentionally or whatever, but she locked the door. Well, as a typical man, I wasn't done. So I come running around the corner to finish my argument or my discussion. And I grabbed that door, but the door was locked, but I didn't stop. I kept going, and I crashed through the door. Broke the door jam, knocked the door off the hinges, and there's my little girl seeing Daddy. I felt about that tall. I profusely apologized and said, daddy never should have done that. And then I sit down with my little girl as we're about to go to church. And I said, now, sweetheart, that all stays in our house. (laughs) Daddy shouldn't have got mad like that. I I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, I, I should not have done that. And I said, I'm very, very sorry. And I said, so, but we'll stay here. Mom and I, mom and dad, we're good. We're okay. I said, but it stays here. And I said, do you understand? She said, yes, Daddy. So we got to drive up to church. I kid you not, we haven't even, the door hasn't even shut behind us. And this lady from the church comes over to greet us. And little Rebecca's there. My daddy got so mad at mama, he broke the door down. (laughs) 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 Be sure your sins will find you out. Listen, anger never does anything. It never heals broken hearts and broken homes. It doesn't do anything productive. Be angry and sin not. So I'm asking you today, if you're here today and you deal with anger, it's time to lose that weight. It's time to get rid of it. And you know what? It may not happen overnight. It may not happen in a week. It may not happen in a month. But if you'll get up every day and start praying, God, today, I'm asking. You said I have not because I ask not. I'm asking right now, give me a clean heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Take out the anger and the rage that's within and give me a new heart. And you know what? He'll honor that. Would you stand with me this morning? I don't have them scattered here. You're welcome to use the cards that are up here, but I'm going to ask here in just a moment, as they sing, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm really struggling with some anger issues, whether it's passive aggressive or not listen I can't get I can't find help if I don't acknowledge I have an issue I'd still be an angry person if God hadn't got a hold of my heart and penetrated and said hey son I can't if you have not because you asked not wishing anger away wishing all that rage away that that that's one thing it but it'll never go away you've got to take an active role and say okay God today today and you start praying today today let me walk with integrity let me walk with compassion and kindness let me not blow my stack do that every day and just start praying God to change your heart because he did mine so this morning as they sing if you're here today and say you know pastor there's some things in my life i get really upset about things maybe more than i need to and i want to lay that on the altar and you're welcome to write it down we're getting a whole list of things for our intercessors to pray there are cards over here their cards over here maybe there's some specific thing that you're angry about write it down don't put your name on it just write it down and we're going to believe god with you that god will set you free from that rage that is within amen how many want to be free today listen if you're going to run your race you've got to get rid of the excess weight anger is a is a weight that will hold you back and will jeopardize everything around you so as they sing, would you come this morning? Don't everybody run it one time.
1: Who can melt the hardest heart And speak life into my soul Who can spin the world around Hold me ever close, and who can search the depths of me and love me to the core? Who controls the world I see and walks me through it all? No one but
0: you. Come on, receive that healing, church. Come on. No one but
1: you. I'll sing of your love. I can't get it just want you, the Lord of my soul, King of my heart, Jesus, it's you, Lord, I'll sing of your love, I can't get enough, I just want The Lord of my soul, King of my heart, Jesus is with you Who's made the righteous bright? Who's paved my way with grace? Love me through my darkest hours a thousand different ways. my heart, Jesus, it's you, I'll sing of your love, I can't get enough, I just want you. Now sing to the Lord. Hear the rocks cry out, see the mountains bow, every heart come, worship the Lord. Hear the oceans roar, see the skies light up, every heart now sing to the Lord. worship the Lord. Again the
0: I would say you don't have have because you don't ask. If you will ask, I will move that mountain. If you will ask, I will heal that broken heart. If you will ask, I will mend those bruises and those wounds. If you will ask, I will open prison doors that encapsulate, surround, and contain you. If you will ask, I will do among you things that you can't even begin to imagine. You have not because you ask not. If you will ask me anything, believing in your heart, I will do that, saith the Lord.
1: Mm. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask this. If you're here today and you're a guest here today, you just heard a message of tongues and interpretation as Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. These are ministry gifts that are given to the body of Christ to exhort, to encourage, to build. Always think about. God thinks enough of my situation to stop what's going on, to speak through the gift of the Spirit to me. I'm going to ask you to bow with me once again all across the building and maybe online. And I, and I really felt like this resonated in my spirit as that message went out. I want to pray for a couple here today. A couple, husband, wife, a couple, maybe maybe it's more than just one. But I talked about the anger and how it fractures and fragments a relationship. And I'm not gonna embarrass you at all, so that's why I don't want anybody to look around because I just wanna pray for you. But if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, there, there's some strain in my marriage because of what you're talking about, because of anger. I've got a short fuse, she has a short fuse. We're butting heads constantly. We're, we're, we're antagonizing each other. And we're not in a good place. We're not in a good place. The Bible says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. When you, when, when you dedicate your, your, your marriage and your family to God, you invite Him into that family to build and strengthen. An enemy would like nothing better than to divide and conquer. And I'm just going to ask when, again, nobody looking around. If you're here today, say, Pastor, that's me, that's my family. Would you pray? There's some things going on. There's some strain in our relationship. It's because of anger. But nobody looking around. If that you slip in, write them right back down. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. Amen, amen. God sees. The Bible says we have an enemy. He's a thief. Who wants to steal, to kill. And to destroy he wants to steal your joyous relationship he wants to kill your marriage he wants to destroy your witness to your children and your grandchildren and he will use anger to do that very thing but the Bible says that sin no longer has dominion over us that i don't have to be a doormat to the devil and so i want to pray and i'm going to ask this body to join with me you, you don't know who it is i'm not going to ask them to step out i'm not going to embarrass them because i want this to i want god to do something today significant in their heart but i want you to join your voices with mine and pray for families today listen when they passed years ago when they passed and i think it was 2015 the legal right for same-sex marriage in this country Marriage and family has been under a constant assault in this nation. As goes the family, so goes the church. You've heard; I haven't said it a long time, but I'm going to say it again. Our world is sick because the church is sick, and the church is sick because families are sick, and families are sick because marriages are sick. You heal the marriage. You heal the family. You heal the family, you heal the church. You heal the church, you change the world. May God heal our families. Let's pray together. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for every husband, every wife in this building, and those that are online today, those that will be watching later this week. Lord, the spirit of Antichrist has come against them. The spirit of the prince and power of the air has come against them. The anger, he's dispatched into that relationship. To steal, to kill, and to destroy what you have put together. Lord, you said what I have joined together, let no man put asunder. But Father, we have an enemy who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Today, we as a church body and family stand with our our marriages our couples our families today we pray father that you would turn the heart of that husband lord renew that heart we ask right now you said we have not because we ask we ask today that you would touch the heart of that husband lord no matter how long they may have been married that you touch that heart of that husband make him lord make him tender towards that help that you brought into his life may he love her With a newfound love as christ loved the church and gave himself for her lord may that wife give her a new heart lord you didn't bring her into his life to mother him to boss him but to be a faithful companion at his side may she love him may she honor him lord i pray that you'll turn the heart of the husband to the wife and the heart of the wife to the husband and father we pray for parents today. Lord, it is a difficult day, to say the least, to raise children. But I pray for godly wisdom to our parents today. Husbands and wives, moms and dads. I pray for single-parent households. God, that you would impart to them divine wisdom and knowledge to raise their children in such an X-rated world that we live in. Turn the hearts of parents to the children. May they not see children as an inconvenience and a bother but as the heritage of the Lord. Father, strengthen those bonds of matrimony, strengthen the bonds of family, strengthen our families so that we can make a difference in our world. Now, Father, I pray as we walk out of here today, may we walk out of here determined to be different. Lord, we must master those things crouching at our doors. Give us the strength The resiliency to press into you to draw near to you so that you can empower us to live the overcoming life that you've called us to live go with us give us a great day may we celebrate the freedom that we have in christ and may we not be encumbered again by the excess weight of anger may we be free because whom you set free is free indeed i love and i bless each one now in the mighty name of jesus And we all said, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you and I love you.
1: Hear the oceans roar. See the skies light up every heart. Now sing to the Lord. Hear the rocks cry out. See the mountains bow every heart. Come worship the Lord. Hear the oceans roar. See the skies light up every heart. Now sing to the Lord. Hear the rocks cry out. See the mountains bow every heart. Come worship the Lord. Do you?